0: Once upon a time there was a warrior in a town far, far away from the hills but closer to the town. The warrior was greatly revered by the people who never met him, spoke to him but only know his stories of valor and courage. One day with all the expectations of his people weighing heavy Upon his shoulders. He put his
1: headphones on and he tuned in to the Thigh Gap Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, one and all, to the episode number 15 of the Thigh Gap Podcast. Yes, it is a Thursday. Yes, there's a new Thigh Gap Podcast on. And yes, you're listening to it right now. My name is Bogus Noog, and I'm the host of this podcast. And it is my deep, deep misfortune to welcome the co-host of my podcast
0: being brute people the man you love always the reason that fuels your enthusiasm to listen to the thai gap podcast
1: all right brute what's going on welcome to the show
0: let's get the scorecards leveled Mm -hmm. brute one bogus zero
1: love all it is as it always has been
0: nonsense it is that which is always that you speak
1: you want to know what the score on something else important is?
0: How have you been, Bogus? What's what's up with you? I've been okay. I've been, uh-huh.
1: You know, can't really say anything positive in this horrendous year. The way it's oh, been.
0: Oh, don't even remind me, I mean, out. I have nothing to look forward for. I have nothing great which I can look back on. I have nothing. I mean, right now, I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. I don't see it can get any worse.
1: But what one can look forward to is our socials. You can find us at underscore Thigh Gap on Instagram. Right. At Thigh Gap on Twitter. Yes. And ThighGap it is on Facebook. So bang simple. Bang on. Bang so on. So simple focus. it is.
0: Bang on. Took you 72 days to buy hard that, but bang on. Hard work pays, man. Hard work really pays.
1: Follow us, guys, and shoot us your DMs. Tell us what you thought of our episodes Ask us any questions if you have. Ask yeah. us why we don't have an email yet.
0: Right. And, and we'll tell you why. Exactly. And that's a private conversation. Exactly. We don't want to discuss these
1: things in we public. We don't want to see. reveal Sensitive too much.
0: matters. Exactly. But bogus. Bro, Let's be honest with each other. We still despise to sit across each other and talk. Because what do you respect? Mm-hmm. Is that what you respect, like? Mm. I
1: thought there was an open-ended question. No,
0: it's a question. What do you respect?
1: My answer was just going to be nothing no matter what you followed up with.
0: Yeah, that's the reason I just waited to see if some sense can spill out of your nose.
1: It was sensible, you know. With what I have in front of me as I look forward, there is absolutely nothing to
0: respect. With what Bogus has in front of him, he doesn't even want to compete Nothing. the stature that Puts him under so much of pressure that all he keeps telling is so guys you know the pressure he feels. In your some dreams, genuine bro. competition.
1: In your dreams. Shut up. Bar-root.
0: Bogus. Bogus? Yes. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, awesome. Okay, you you called me?
1: Yes. Um,
0: Sitting right here. I don't know why you do this stuff. As if like we're on a con call or something. Who were
1: some of your role models when you were growing up? What? Who were some of your role models when you were growing up? (laughs) My role models?
0: Uh, In what sense? Like, in general? Or is it specific to something that I because i have multiple role models i have a role model for every expertise i have mm-hmm. starting from me being my own role model but yeah tell me don't poof me bogus it's disrespectful exactly that to was me, the point that was the point don't dis- be i want respect
1: who were some of your 15th role
0: episode and i still have not gotten any respect here you have to wait I a little demand. longer a little longer okay my role models, there are a lot, it, and it keeps changing depending mm-hmm. on my age. Of course. But probably the tell first. Me, tell
1: me, uh, okay, I don't want the first. Okay. What I want is when you were adolescent, when you were like 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. That phase, who are your role models then?
0: Ah. <sighs> And ton park and and Prayer, and are great, yeah. Yeah, all of them.
1: So I actually don't want to influence your answer in any, in any way. I just want to give you that one-word one sentence question. Yeah. And basically see what you Okay, up take
0: with. it from the top. Give me give me that question once again.
1: Who were some of your role models growing up? Jim Carrey. And?
0: michael jackson and ajit agarkar wow and um dude they a list dude uh ajit agarkar jim carrey michael jackson and the kind of people i can think of is uh there are a bunch of comedians who i really like liked um there was johnny liver at mm-hmm. some point um, would you say role model uh, it definitely, he definitely did influence me, uh, especially because he was my, you know, peak hole into, uh, how Indian comedy was done till that time. It, for me, I thought everything was a scripted comedy, but
1: did you like follow his life and, and follow everything? Not
0: follow his life. Oh yeah. But I dig deep. I did dig deep into the kind of stuff he did mm-hmm. as a younger guy. Mm-hmm. So the first thing when I get really excited really interested by a particular person right mm-hmm. I go back into the backstory right as to how he was as a person like where did he come from get his average story mm-hmm. the broad storyline and then I kind of go into like okay fine how does he get uh, how does he make comedy mm-hmm. or whatever it is how did he become such a good dancer or or a player or whatever okay uh, the last the but the longest biggest role model for me in my case, in my life has been Don Rickles. I came across Don Rickles about six or seven years back when I was trying to, you know, get onto the, you know, the dark side of comedy, that is stand-up comedy. And uh, I just didn't know how to write a joke.
1: Don Rickles, for in case anyone is not aware, is said to be one of the pillars of the art form of stand-up comedy.
0: Yeah, he is one of the, they say if stand-up comedians, uh, stand-up comedians, had a amount of Rushmore, then Don Rickles would be one of the faces on it,
1: and he passed recently in, in the couple recent of years past. back. Yeah.
0: yeah, a few years back. Uh, but Don Rickles had a very l- lasting influence on me.
1: Got it. So now that you've given me names from names of people from various walks of life, yeah. If I had to, dis- if I had to ask you to define, huh. Your definition. Just give me your definition of what a role model is. What do you think about
0: that? It's a reference for me it, in plain, simple English. What kind of reference? You are interested in... Uh, let me complete my answer, because What don't kind like, of... This is a stop. rapid fire question. This you're on not, the hot you seat. You didn't tell it what to me. What kind of question? You didn't put across What that, kind of question? Read this 49 rules which are there before you answer my question. Sir,
1: answer the question, please. What kind of question?
0: What kind of question? What is the kind of question? <laughs> I meant... I meant... What kind <laughs> you of remember reference? remember what you're supposed to ask. What
1: kind of reference?
0: It was a reference that made me sh- much sharper and hone my skills. No, I mean, Skills.
1: what references are you trying to take? His hairstyle? His dressing sense? No, what, no, what no, none taking? of
0: them. None of them, Bogus. None of them. These are references of, of the way he told a joke. How he presented himself on a stage. References which I, could, which I could use in my act. And I could never use this in my act. Never. Never. Ever. Never. Ever. Never. Ever.
1: No further questions, Your Honor. Okay, so
0: yeah, so the references were basically taken on.
1: No, but what's your definition of the word role model? Like, what do you think it's, about it's,
0: it? It's like I said, it's a reference of, for instance, if I, it's like a it's like a reference book, right? You have somebody in action uh, who was already doing something that you are interested in doing. And you see a connect of, okay, I also want to do this. And this is the best. He's the best person in what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I should also kind of take reference of how he went about doing this. It's a lot of this and that that I told. But to paint a picture because you're dumb. If I want to be, say, a banker. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: No, banker is a bad example. I can't relate to that. Uh Okay, say, okay, say this, uh, okay. look at it this way. I want to become a good sales guy, okay? Mm-hmm. Then my reference would be within my team, there will be that one star performer, mm-hmm. right? Who is like killing it. So what I would be doing is, I I mean and if he's like a brilliant guy and he's the guy who I want, where I want to be, uh, I would technically consider him a role model within that circumstance where I say like, hey, I want to know how he goes about the job. So that I also can probably do better than what I'm doing already. Like, role models are the references for you to grow one step above in where you are.
1: That's, okay, now...
0: That's, that's my answer, Your Honor. Now answer me
1: this. Yeah. How do you see the word role model or the concept being processed or being understood conventionally by people in general?
0: Can you repeat the question?
1: How do you see the concept of role model being processed or understood by people in general understood
0: uh, i don't i don't know if i if i have any comment or opinion about how it is understood but how it is processed from what i see right they are very blurry blurred lines you know what do you mean uh, for me i feel It doesn't stop where it's supposed to stop. It goes into, you know, into the realms of obsession or fanaticism or, you know, to an extreme level. Mm -hmm. Whereas you just, you're supposed to go there, you know, get what you want and move on. Right. But people tend to like it kind of get stuck. It goes into an obsession. Mm -hmm. I understand certain affinity towards that person who is your role model. But it becomes like an obsession, which is, I feel is dangerous. It can't be like an obsession, like you're you're doing or following everything that they do, which I think you also have the same point. What? That you also feel that people do this a lot.
1: Yeah. Um, do this a lot in the sense that what I feel honestly about the concept and why we're talking about role models is because
0: on the surface... Let me break you right there. Before you go into this answer, just for the sake of being on the same page. Uh Can you tell me what is your concept of role model?
1: So my concept of role model is like you said reference Okay. that you take certain references from for example I think an even better example could have been if someone is your role model that is not connected to your passion in life or even your occupation in life then
0: Can you have a role model in that scenario? Yeah. Like like what? Like a but how will you use that? How will you use... So that's
1: what... So you're taking reference of their uh, attitude or their approach to challenges in their life. How they came... How they went beyond those things. You know, the characteristics or traits. Oh, okay. Okay. I got it. Okay, sure. That
0: that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So
1: I feel in that way, it, it's more interesting. So that would be my own, my own definition. But conventionally, when you look at it, how the way it is being processed hmm. is... There are a lot of risks and there are a lot of loopholes and I would say sinkholes even that probably are not talked about that much. And it took me a while to realize because when I was in my adolescent years as well, yeah. I had role models too. Mm-hmm. But then... Can I, you name a few? Well, there were a couple of people in my family, you know, extended relatives okay. like that, male figures... Then there were uh, so sport obviously plays plays a huge role. So for me, the first one ever to take that slot was Kapil Dev. Oh, yeah, and uh, there were some in the cine field. There are musicians, yeah, you know, artists. Yeah. So for different reasons, like you said,
0: yeah, but different walks of life, different roles. Yeah,
1: and uh, the problem was then I realized after a while. It took me some time to realize that okay we shouldn't actually be focusing on the person that much. But which
0: is which I agree to. Because
1: yes. end of the day, people are always flawed. Right? Okay. Everyone has flaws. Uh, we can't take, for example, there is uh, someone I knew. Okay, let me put it this way. Someone I knew, senior person, mm-hmm. was extremely good at math. Mm-hmm. Okay? But... Extremely brilliant, extremely good at math. Kind of uh, the reason why I even have any interest in geometry
0: still. Is this Ramanujan? No, no. Oh, okay. Because you you seem to be of the person that age, so. Oh, right, right. Hmm. So. Yeah.
1: But at the same time, I also knew that this person, when it came to very basic things like haggling, when buying things. Negotiation. Negotiation or bargaining. Right. Absolute zero. Like, could not understand where he he was. He used to feel... He used to look lost.
0: But how is that bad? It's not bad. It's a flaw, you're saying. It's a flaw. Oh, fair enough. And,
1: you know, it's a practical application that is being failed at. You could argue that maybe a skill like haggling or negotiation is far more valuable than someone's uh, deep knowledge of mathematics. You know, theoretical theoretical knowledge of uh, mathematics. Yeah,
0: but it stands... It's ooh, a real-world skill, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: So what I mean to say is that one pitfall is, they call it like the fallacy of authority or something. Uh, I don't remember the exact term. But okay. basically, it means if you got famous or popular in one walk of life, hmm. now you start using that fame or the, this, uh, your stature to basically let loose your hot takes on everything else that is unrelated to you know what made you famous or the field. Yeah, That made you famous.
0: Yeah. So is it is it that power dynamic or do you think that because they are designed that way as a person?
1: No, I, I feel it happens to a lot of people, but they forget sometimes that
0: even if... They, where they came from or...
1: Not, yeah, where they came from also, but also the fact that what it was that actually got them prominence. You know, what a skill hmm. or uh, uh, activity or action that made them popular... And if their comments have anything to do with that, you right. know, are they really speaking within their area of expertise or are they stepping out? Right. If they step out, should they be treated the same way? That's the question. Right. But right. what we see happening is they are sometimes treated the same way when they should not be, you know, because the expertise isn't there. Right. Right. So the few of the pitfalls that I've seen with the whole concept of role models is especially when it's taken to its extremes. I've come across examples. Like, you were saying something.
0: No, no, I was just uh, scratching my back. But yeah, go on.
1: So you know how on the surface, it comes across as an innocent little thing, right? The whole concept and the idea of role models, having a role model. Oh, you have someone to look up to and you're, emulating someone else's uh, example hmm. right yeah but underneath that there are a few risks that i feel like it's important to call out because at least no one mentioned those to me proactively until i kind of figured it Yourself. later on
0: when i came into your life
1: no i mean you were an example for uh how not to do or not to be in so many situations. So -hmm. that way it helped for sure.
0: Yeah. This is, this is going out in the edit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I feel like it's processed or it is uh, understood or interpreted in so many different ways that the right way, of course, matches with what you described as your definition, which is you take it as a reference. You're just referring to certain traits of someone else. Right. And you think, there is value in that, so I'm going to try applying that in my own real-life situation and see what happens.
0: Yeah, the important word there is try. Try. It's not a compulsion for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not something that I feel, even if I'm not liking it, I'll still continue doing it because that seems to be the it's right an It's an experiment. It is purely, uh, you can call it, a, I mean, I will go far off as far as calling it a hack. Mm-hmm. you know because somebody figured it out yeah maybe you know i might i might do it faster or yeah. probably i might be Take able that to skip shortcut. yeah yeah right but if it doesn't work out it's not breaking me apart right. it's not like making me fall apart right uh, on the contrary i'm like okay fine one one way is negated for me this won't work for me yeah and that comes from the bottom foundational principle that i am a different person to my role model exactly i come from a dis- different circumstance I can't go down to poverty just to like, like, you know, take the same path. It's not about imitating the path. Though the definition says that you need to imitate mm-hmm. your the way someone does it. But it is purely to take a reference according to me. So I have probably we can go to Oxford and ask them to change the definition of a role model. Because well, think, it is kind of misleading a lot of people.
1: I think they use emulate more than imitate. Yeah. And emulate is where you can say it is talking about taking a reference right what what i see uh, conventionally happening is the extremes of how role models uh, the concept is interpreted by a few people is where they lose they tend to lose themselves
0: you know in in a delusional world of the role model
1: well they tend to lose themselves uh, in favor of the role model so their whole lives, or not whole lives, but a large part of their life now becomes an active engagement into the life of the the person who their role model is. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I noticed was they tend to take these surrogate dopamine hits uh, from events that happened in their role model's life.
0: and Wait, 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 wait. Let wait,
1: me explain wait, that with an example.
0: No, no. First of all, stop using these heavy words. Surrogate, mm-hmm. dopamine. Mm-hmm. Hits? Hits. <laughs> like, I don't even know if dopamine hits is one word or two words. But yeah. yeah, go ahead with your explanation. I'll get my pillow.
1: So what I mean by that is, you notice these people who are people who get so into sports personalities, Right. I'm not talking about people who get into sport a lot, but the sports personalities. Yeah. And also celebrities to a point where temples are built for a few of them who are even alive.
0: Yeah. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Okay. I get where you're going. Huh. So,
1: in these cases, what happens is whether, so if I'm that person, it looks like whether something of note is happening in my life or not doesn't seem to be. Important. It seems to be, yeah. It seems to be of secondary importance, yeah, compared yeah. to what's going on in my idol's life. Like, if my idol really succeeded today, my day is made. <laughs> you know, I feel like I've won. Yeah, I'm getting a dopamine hit. Yeah, out of from the fruits of someone else's labor, right? Basically, right. and I'm feeling good about myself when maybe I don't deserve to. I mean, I can feel happy for him that uh, you know I follow this guy and he succeeded, but to take pleasure or to take that dopamine hit from someone else's efforts right. and passing it off as something maybe you did or you contributed to because yeah. we do see those cases right right right, it's right, like, right oh right. we contributed to yeah this thing happening and
0: i am the so-and-so person's fan association president yeah so, you know i have a i like i am equally contributing to his success yeah. god knows how exactly
1: right. and that that's what i mean exactly by surrogate dopamine hits yeah which are not even from their own efforts huh. but it's from someone else's efforts and they're just uh, taking pleasure also in the superficial aspects like someone's movie um some hero's movie makes like hundreds of crores right. after release this guy's celebrating he's buying crackers and he's celebrating yeah you know and
0: it's that is that is ridiculous yeah i mean like i agree to the fact that yes at what point do you do you not make it personal you know yeah you need to figure out you, uh, you have to realize at some point that hey this is not my life right my life is different mm-hmm. in the same note i want to tell a story about cristiano ronaldo mm-hmm. where in an interview and you know a british interview and Ronaldo generally doesn't go into talk shows, and for a good reason, I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he went to the interview, they started pick, bringing up all these pictures of his son and all that. And there was this one picture where his son was having the tattoo of Wayne Rooney, who was his, uh, you know, ex-colleague, right. Uh, ex-teammate. Right. And uh, and and the interviewer was, you know, what will happen? How will you react if your son? comes home with an actual tattoo of, say, Messi, who's your rival. Mm -hmm. And the answer to this question, how Ronaldo did it, I felt was very well put up. Mm -hmm. He said, I would not be angry because, like, Messi is a fantastic player. Yeah. And that only shows that my son has a good role model. Right. He's not going behind, you know, a subpar person, but he's going behind one of the best guys who ever was there to play the game. Mm-hmm. So that is my take on it, right? But I would still want him to be a player of his own credibility, mm-hmm. right? I don't want him to like start trying to, I mean, yes, you always try to pick up things out of who you idolize, but it at the end of the day, he needs to have his signature on how his playing style is or what kind of a person he is, etc, etc, etc. So And that is a very interesting story because you need to, what you need to understand is there is a very aggressive rivalry that goes between Messi and Ronaldo's fans. Fans, yeah. Right? And not necessarily between them. Yeah. They compete it in a very healthy way. Right? But the fans get so aggressive. Yeah. And this is where I don't understand as to why should you, okay, you like someone else. Fair enough. Yeah. How is it making my role model or idol? any lesser or any more than your role model. Exactly. This is where I don't understand. This is where I feel that people take it to a completely different level. Mm -hmm. And it's not role model, but it might go under, what do you call it? Fanaticism. 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 So that is it. I feel you need to draw a line. You should know where to draw a line of how far will you go in idealizing the person. Like your idol.
1: Yeah, and even there, they're going for the surrogate uh, dopamine hit because it's like, if I get into a fight with you hmm. and I am successful in putting you down because of whatever reason, right? Now my role model automatically is better than your role model because of it the, makes zero sense because of the chiller fight that you and I had. Right,
0: know. right, and and there, for all I care, those are also like adopted facts or they are like fabricated facts. Yeah, because your source of facts and my source of facts. I'm not coming from the horse's mouth. Right. We are debating on statistics. We, we, we might debate on, you know, if, if it's... And this I see a lot in political uh, you know affiliations. Mm-hmm. When two people are arguing about politics, right? It so happens that it's no more about what is their political take or stance, but it starts happening that your politician like did this much of scam. Right. And my politician just did this much of scam. So my mm-hmm. politician is better. And I'm like, okay, fine. What is his stance? But like, how is he benefiting? Is he doing his job right? Right? So that way, I don't know how. I feel that the uh, concept of role model kind of takes a hit and goes into a backseat.
1: There's a lot of pitfall when it comes to focusing on personality and focusing on people. Because at the end of the day, people are flawed. You know, and this is the other pitfall that I was getting. The first one was the surrogate uh dopamine hits right? yeah yeah one and second one understand and there's different examples also that i can quote from very from, your,
0: from instagram captions no
1: from seemingly unconnected um sources okay so which is like uh you, you know you might have heard the saying right like uh, great people discuss ideas and uh, so the lower level people discuss other people right right and right. then something Me- else. mediocre people mediocre yeah. people discuss uh people something else, you know something like that so
0: great minds discuss ideas yeah. great people discuss something and then some like everybody else will discuss something yeah
1: yeah so the lowest form is very <laughs> like,
0: you... i put zero clarity to that <laughs> exactly <laughs>
1: thanks for that contribution yeah um so basically um, it's a pretty popular saying so yeah. i'm sure we can it's there on the majority by. of
0: the corporate walls
1: yeah yeah so even that is focusing on that a concept which is it is a higher uh, thing to focus on ideas more than focusing people True. right and also there's another guy called david mamet david mamet is a is one of the world's most famous playwrights Mm-hmm. And he's also written some famous screenplays okay. for movies. For example, uh, Glengarry Ga- Glen, Glen Ross, in which Alec Baldwin his- makes his first appearance. And he has that legendary monologue at the end of the movie. It's, it's about sales. Seriously. Always be yeah, closing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, B, C. Yeah, yeah. You know, he has that You monologue. know what is
0: this? It's a fucking Rolex watch. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So David Mehmet, uh in a video, he... He was asked to share some good tips for writing, right. like play uh, playwriting or screenwriting. Right. And he said, try to avoid a situation where you have two characters talking about someone who's not there in the frame. Or he said, at least I try to avoid right. as much as possible. Right. Situations where there are two characters on, in the frame right. and they're talking about someone who's not in the frame. Right, Because when you're talking about someone else, he looks at it as a lesser form of... Um, entertainment, or he looks at his at a cheaper form of, or a cop out. Okay. Basically, it's like
0: a shortcut. Yeah, of...
1: it's like a shortcut. It's like you can just uh, show two people bickering about some other guy Correct. who doesn't uh, is not there in the frame.
0: Which is basically he's saying that don't write a screenplay like a podcast <laughs> where two people talk about Everything The else. person who is not there in the podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, but he was not talking about podcast, so it doesn't apply here. But. <laughs> So, what he was saying was, if you have two people in the frame, yeah. why not let it be a conversation between them, you know, about their ideas? Right. So it shows more about this character, where they're coming from. Right. And so it doesn't always have to be about, oh, what the hero is doing, did he wake up, did he yeah. eat food, and all that kind of stuff.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> so you have David Mamet saying this. Yeah. You have that popular saying, uh, you know, which I just minds. decoded. Yeah, very well. Yeah. Uh, so if you look at all of these things and then you look at what happens in the concept of role models, at least hmm. what I've seen conventionally, yeah. is that it becomes so much about the person. There is an obs- unhealthy obsession about the person to a point where they are forcibly, they are forced onto a pedestal that is taken very high. Yeah, And I see some very insidious stuff going on there.
0: And which I feel bad for the role model in himself or yes. themselves because they are not even aware of this. Yeah. And the second thing is once they get aware of this, right, it's, it becomes an easy blame game. Right. For a, the, the normal person mm-hmm. to like put it on that guy. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I feel like how is it his problem? Like, why is it his problem to solve something that you didn't understand? Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. Which
0: I, you know, I don't know, dude. Like the more I think of it, right? Uh, which is another question that popped into my mind. Which is like, if you're not looking at a person mm-hmm. or the the person himself and just taking his ideas, right? What is the difference between inspiration and role model? You know, because inspiration mm-hmm. is are also just it's just a snap of an idea that clicks with you. Right? There's no difference. There is no or. Uh, uh, you can say that.
1: Yeah, because if you're taking reference from a role model and not focusing on the person, huh. then what, what's happening is you're, you're uh, taking an in inspiration in the most ideal form. You know, it's not tainted by any personality or its flaws. Right. It is pure idea that flows through people. Right. Like it has always flowed through people since time. In Fair enough. Body. Yeah. You know, yeah, so there it's, is a difference. it is the proper way of uh, taking inspiration, I feel. But what's happening, rather, is the you or, ex- yeah, you extreme kind of, focus on the individual. yeah, Building such a high pedestal to them, like building temples for people who are living. You know, what's happening? So sad, yeah. What happens as a result of that? You know about the stories where Michael Jackson had to go put four hours of prosthetics on his face just to be able to go to a supermarket.
0: Yeah, to a mall. And he just that. wanted
1: to walk around a supermarket. Right. We've heard stories about how Devanand could not go out. To take a morning jog in his yeah. black uh tracks. Right. Because he would be mobbed. Right. Rajesh Khanna couldn't do it. Right. You know, and there are so many examples of these people.
0: <laughs> when you said that jogging story, it was like what would have started off as a leg workout would end up as like a full body <laughs> workout. Cardio. Pushing people away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're like, escape. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like. yeah.
1: It's such a sad thing, I feel, because these people have turned around repeatedly, time after time. Hmm. and said these things to us to the rest of us which is hey by the way i was just like you i had the same kinds of dreams right. and ambitions and when i reached that stage i felt like i was at the top of the world right but then the next day is when the trouble started right you yeah know, there's yeah. so many of them that turn around and say this right they pass on the same message and they also say, when I walk out and I'm mobbed yeah. by so many people, I lose so much of my agency. Right. I lose my privacy. Right. And, you know, hands and legs go everywhere, like all places. You have so little control when you're mobbed by people. Yeah. And especially if you're an actress or someone beautiful. It's so,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah, dude. Like, that is something that I feel so bad for them. Yeah. Like, if I have a principle. Um you can say, yeah, I have a principle that if I ever see a celebrity, right, mm-hmm. I will let them be. I am I more than happy yeah. to see them, how they function as a normal person. Right. Than me going to rushing to them and say like, hey, can I take a selfie or can I take an exactly. autograph or like, I mean, it's just imagine it's a very simple thing, right? Like you just went to a supermarket mm-hmm. and you're not able to do what you went there because that. 10, 15, 20 people yeah. around you, yeah. you know, asking you favors, which you're not even entitled to. Yeah. You don't have any obligation yeah. for that. But there is this undue pressure that if we if if that celebrity rejects one selfie from one person, mm-hmm. Reddit or Quora or whatever public platforms are filled with yeah. you know, this. This plethora of stories saying that, yeah, this happened to me, this happened to me. Nobody who got a fair selfie never writes a good story about them, which is so unfortunate, right? They might have given like thousands of selfies or or an autograph to Mm -hmm. so many people. Mm -hmm. And you need to understand another thing, uh, which I feel, you know, the problem with uh, understanding of a a high-performing person, right, right, is... They are playing a game of extreme high responsibility, yeah. accountability, yeah. and untold pressure. Yes, right. They play a game of expectations which we are not, ev- we can't even fathom the right. levels of anxiety. So many things, doubt. right? The, yeah. the pressure that must be going on in their minds, the kind of stress their bodies might be taking because. Yep. They have the same number of hours that we have yeah. and they do so much more. They are mm-hmm. supposed to do so much more.
1: They squeeze a lot more out of those hours right? than and, the rest of us. And
0: that's what I want to learn. If, yeah. if I get across, come across like say uh, a Sundar Pichai or, or uh, a Jeff Bezos or whosoever right? mm-hmm. who are like these high performing individuals, right? what I want to understand is, okay, what's your secret of time management? Mm-hmm. Is it just a secretary or you have like a mental map about it? Okay, that's what I want to know. I don't care like, okay, fine, tell me how much, how many hours do you sleep? Like, how do you go to sleep? Like, do you get peaceful sleep? I don't care about that. Yeah. You know? So that is my take of role model. Like, I mean, I want to know this stuff. I don't want to know or I don't want to like barge into their privacy uh, or, you know, go into their space just to like spoil that environment for them.
1: The discomforting thing about that supermarket situation is that we all n- know and understand deep down that the fabric of reality is being broken a little bit yeah when that happens because the kind of reaction you give to just another human being who's just like you right but you are now behaving in a way that they are not just another human being yeah and
0: or or they're actually behaving like just 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 like just another human being. My biggest fear of role model, this is like a real fear of mine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I'm sorry I've been cutting you off.
1: No, 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 go ahead.
0: Is, so when you have a role model, right? Mm-hmm. It is imperative that you have this big image of him. You have this, I mean, exaggerated pedestal. image of him. Right? Yeah. yeah, you put them on like a pedestal. Yeah. So my fear is, say for suppose, uh, uh, so Jim Carrey is my role model, role model right? okay and i look forward for the day where i'm in a room with jim carrey mm-hmm. and i'm like able to talk to him one-on-one mm-hmm. if given a chance yes i would love to do that mm-hmm. but my fear is what if jim carrey is the dullest person i end up talking to
1: which is also a saying that never meet your heroes right yes yeah, because popular one. the
0: whole del- delusion or the illusion of why it he's breaks. so great when it shatters, I don't know what how I'll deal with it. Right. Imagine I end up that Jim Carrey is this unnecessarily philosophical guy. Yeah. Right? I'm just asking Jim Carrey, like, hey Jim, like, okay, tell me, tell me about, you know, how how funny do you think you can get? Mm. Right? And Jim Carrey goes off into some philosophical line saying He like, does do that. Yeah. I mean like imagine happening it to me one-on-one. Yeah. Right. I'm expecting him to give me this, you know, profound answers. Yeah. yeah. But not philosophical answers, right? Mm-hmm. And then I end up realizing that Jim Carrey has a bad breath. Right. Right. And then I start realizing that Jim Carrey shakes hands after digging his nose. Right. Right. All these things. And then I'm like, shit, dude. Like, he's nothing like what I thought. Yeah. And my whole, you know, appreciation of him as a role model for me Mm -hmm. kind of dissipates. I like that example
1: because what's going on in that example is your impression or perception of this role model, which initially was built on ideas and personality traits right or things that they did right now they're being colored or influenced by his personality that the things that he did in person right which have nothing to do with the actions yeah but just this the the few minutes that you spend with yeah now makes all of that also like get devalued
0: exactly right yeah. like how how will i react and that's my biggest fear yeah. that's the reason maybe that is also one of the reason to be honest that I my principle is I will not go and stuff my face in into somebody's this thing. Right, and I'll tell you one incident, which is actually uh, it's not a bad incident. So one of my biggest uh, hacks to to be a better skillful person mm-hmm. came from Anil Kumble. Okay, it's a very interesting story because so you remember the match where Anil Kumble took ten wickets in the same innings? Yes, uh, right? who doesn't remember? Yeah, right. And uh, I, I I remember it. Vividly, because I followed the whole innings, bunking my school or whatever. Right. And uh, I was, and I had a huge thing of watching the press con, uh, the presentation ceremony also, mm-hmm. because that's where you know people used to like ask questions and I yeah. would tell about things, right? Yeah. So, so Ravi Shastri asks uh, Anil Kumble saying that what was your game plan? Okay. At what point you wanted you were you started going behind the tenth ten wickets or? When did this idea came, blah, blah, blah. Right. And Anil Kumble simply said, you know, um, I didn't worry about my weaknesses. All I was, all I focused on was to work on my strengths because right. that's what were getting me wickets. So I didn't bother about, bother about the loose ball that I bowled. Mm-hmm. The next ball, I was always planning to bowl according to my strengths, which are like four, five variations or whatever. Right. Yeah. And that's when it kind of hit me that, hey, this guy makes a lot of sense in what he just said. Why do I have to worry about my weakness? when there is no ceiling to my strength,
2: right? right.
0: So, that happened. Now, cut to like 10-15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a midday flight that I was taking from Bangalore mm-hmm. to Hyderabad. And I see this huge figure in front of me uh, at the boarding uh, check-in section. And I was thinking like, why is this guy so huge? Mm-hmm. He turns around. Guess who it was? Kumble. Anil Kumble. right? He is a Very huge simple, guy. super huge guy. Super he does, huge like, guy broad frame, like I, he has I, a daunting presence actually. Yeah, and and he looks taller than how much he looks on the oh, screen, yeah, right? Much bigger. He's yeah. way and he's just about 6'2 or 6'1 or 6'2. But he, just, so he looks just yeah, but he still looks like, oh God, right. like this guy is tall. Yeah. So what happened was I couldn't stop from saying because I was that close proximity, right, right? Right. I just started smiling at him when mm-hmm. he turned back. And I think he was in a hurry or God knows what happened. Like I don't know in what situation he was. And before he passed me, I couldn't stop myself from saying that, can I take a picture? Right? It just came off organically. Right. And I was, instantly, I started biting my tongue. Like, ah, I, sh- I shouldn't have done it. Because, because you saw because, him rushing. Yeah, he was rushing. Right. Uh, already, there was some kind of a conversation. I, I mean, he was there for some time. He was right. there for a like good 5-10 minutes. Okay. Which is a long time at a check-in counter, yeah. especially for a VIP, right? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm sure there was some altercation or whatever. Right. And he was like, not now. And he went like 10, 5 steps ahead. And then he turned back. And he just said, okay, come. That's all he did. Right. And obviously, I went and took the picture. He just, he didn't like, I mean, he just gave that smile and he was very polite about it. But I I, I kind of felt like, dude, I shouldn't have done it. Yeah. You know, it's, I felt, I kind of felt guilty that I went behind it for what? Right. And if I would have been any kind of, you know, if I would have been too rigid about this guy, Mm -hmm. just because of that incident. I would have devalued the biggest lesson he taught me unknowingly. Right. Right. And and that's when also it kind of reassured me saying that, dude, you know, just let people be. Yeah. Right. Because they will give you what they have to teach you. Anyways, your job is to keep your ears and eyes open. Yeah. And then forget about what happens because they are, end of the day, they run families They have their own work pressure, etc., etc. And it's an
1: airport. Like, who's ever in a good mood at an airport? Exactly. You know,
0: right? Unless Ranveer Singh, maybe. Oh God! I keep seeing Ranveer Singh having all kinds of fun at airport, but (laughs) but I don't know. But but you get what I'm saying. I get what I'm
1: saying because I get what you're saying.
0: Yeah. But uh, you stop
1: getting what you're saying. (laughs) I mean, I just can't help it. (laughs) But uh, it's also that the situation, or it was not the right context because it was not like he was walking into a book signing. Yeah. Written by himself. Right. And so there's a time specifically allotted for taking pictures with right. fans. Right. So if it was like that, he's also mentally prepared. Right. To uh, be grateful for his fans yeah. and take pictures with them. Right. But if it's an airport, right? Yeah. When there's all kinds of things going on. Yeah. That's really, it's not. And that's, again, something that we have to change. Uh, because it's not just... Uh, an elite bunch of people getting famous anymore? Right. It's also the everyday people that are getting famous because of the internet, and you know this can't go on too long yeah. if this is going to be the norm. Where tomorrow, all of a sudden, some unknown person is going to skyrocket. You know, like, and see, we have examples of that. A like, lot like, of examples. Like,
0: look at that guy. Um, what is he called? Bhau. That guy. Who Hindustani, Hindustani, Bhau, Hindustani yeah. Bhau. Yeah, yeah. He's a normal guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a guy who eats Gutka or I don't know if he eats Gutka or Pan or something. Well, but yeah. he he looks like a normal guy. He looks like that guy who I can relate to because I grew up in a Maharashtrian lane. Mm-hmm. Anybody in my lane spoke the same way or speaks the same way he spoke. Right, he right. speaks, right? So I can relate with him. Saying mm-hmm. that yeah, I I can make sense of how he must be at home. Right. And today he's giving press conferences, bloody, he's giving you know political opinions. He's, like, gone to a different level, right? And I was thinking... I I think something recently happened where Instagram took down his account or something. uh, I guess I'm not following up on that. Whatever. Like, uh, the news... I I think it would be great if people can correct me. I think his Instagram account was taken down. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, And there was a press conference post that. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself that, why? Like, why are we... Putting him on a pedestal.
1: No, but I see nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's not that... It is wrong if you put anyone on a pedestal. That's what I feel. Because people have to be treated as people at the end of the day. Um, We should come to a situation where... Even when we come across these people in public, right? Unless the situation or the context is appropriate for... That kind of an engagement or, you know, hounding them. Right. We should not do it. uh, Or... But that's a very uh, lofty, idealistic thing. But another great example that I wanted to bring up was uh, Dhoni. So what happened in Dhoni's life?
0: Anything uh, that you talk about Dhoni is a great thing.
1: Right. So <laughs> the contrast that happened in How his life. How
0: cold can you be that you can just brush away from my joke by just saying, right? Was that a joke? Because it was it's, an intense joke, dude. It was a dark humor. I thought you liked dark humor. I, I didn't see how that was dark, especially, but
1: anyways. Yeah. Uh, Moving forward. So what, what I want to compare the two, this thing is what happened after the World Cup win. Right. And the status of, you know, demigod status, basically. Right. right. But then also the situation where his house was stoned. Yeah. And there was damage. 2007
0: yeah. World Cup.
1: And if you look at these two extremes, I find both of these wrong. Like the demigod Level of pedestal. Yeah. And also the stoning of the
0: house. Burning his pictures. Both uh, of these were equally
1: extreme and wrong. Yeah. And I think both of those should be tempered. But this is where I want to get to the real ugliness that I see. Mm -hmm. And let me know if you have the same thing or if you think different about it. I'll let you know. Sure. But the real ugliness that I see is the reason for... Pushing people up so aggressively on such a high pedestal Mm -hmm. is also self-serving for the people in some way. It is a kind of uh, escape mechanism where I'm going to put this guy on a pedestal so high. His achievements are my achievements. And if he does something wrong, then he's answerable to me. Like I'll rant off about him. I'll yell at him, all that stuff. So basically, he's a punching bag. Or he is a dopamine source. Yeah. You know, whatever. But what is going on in your life? Are you taking any leaf from leaves from their book? And are you making your life better or your situation better? That takes a backseat. No one cares. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They become like, um, you know, they're it's it's very inhuman, you know, at a level. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's I mean, dehumanizing. Yeah. Like, which is why I have a lot of, uh, I don't know if I can say that, but I have a certain amount of sympathy. All those people who became celebrities out of nowhere. Yeah. Right? Like, for Dhoni is a celebrity out of nowhere, right? He yeah. was, I mean, everybody knows his story. Like yeah. He's yeah. TD collector, blah, right, blah, right. blah. Then came, didn't do well, skyrocketed to fame. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and this guy is a simple guy. He has money to do it, so he's doing it, which is fair. Same thing with Shahrukh Khan. I find this a lot with Shahrukh Khan, where he gets, vict- I mean, he's, he doesn't consider himself victimized, but he becomes a victim of any and every thing that he does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I find it really ridiculous. He he goes by an IPL team, people start people have their own conspiracy theories about it. Mm-hmm. Right? There are so many things that happen in personal life that everybody starts like digging deep and like getting out bones which are not even there. And similar thing I started seeing in Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, Mike Tyson's fame is no joke, huh? Because at the yeah, age of course. nineteen, he became like the heavyweight champion at the age twenty-one, if I'm not wrong. Dude, right. he had
1: a pet tiger. So kind that of things. Th- that itself had. tells yeah. you like, how famous he
0: was. And then nobody came to rescue him. No no public sympathized or anything. There's, when his downfall came.
1: Yeah, there's pet tiger levels of fame and there's having breakfast on a naked model kind of fame. Eddie Murphy. All these are like... Insane levels of fame... That are like...
0: Justin Bieber... Like he got a monkey... He bought a fucking monkey... Yeah... And what will you do... If you have that kind of money... Yeah... At a stage where you don't have... Any financial or family commitments... Right... Right... You get a tiger... You get a tiger... Mm -hmm. Because you've done buying... Everything that is there to buy... Now you want to buy things which... Which are not in a shopping mall... Yeah... Right... Now you're going anywhere... You see something you want to buy it... And this is a mistake of people... Like... I. It is bound to get to your head. Imagine a billion people Mm -hmm. telling that you are the greatest. Like, I don't know, you are the greatest singer ever. Yeah, that this country, in its total history of twenty thousand years, has ever produced. Mm You are a human. Right. It will get to your head at some point. You will feel immortal. At some point, you feel will feel like indomitable. Right. You are like the best ever, and you will do dumb stuff. Yeah. Right. How and kudos to all these guys. All said and done, may it be Sachin, may it be Dhoni, may it be AR Rahman or Mm -hmm. all these guys, with all this admiration and like, you know, yes men around them and all of that, Mm -hmm. they still manage to be what they are. At least, you, you know, they look clinically sane. They look like guys who have a plan in their head and they know how to go about things. They kind of conduct themselves in relatively decent manner, Right. If I was in their position, I'm pretty sure I'll throw Trantrum's left, right, center. Like, I will say, I'll do anything and I might lose my tag as a genuine role model also. Like, even Federer, by the way, right? You know, you're talking about the most sold face, most trusted brand ambassador. Mm -hmm. There's so many tags attached to him. And he's, like, the perfect role model, right? It is easy for them to, like, like, slip on a step, like, to make a wrong move. Yeah. And it gets obviously inflated like into like 10 power 9 times.
1: Yeah, there's that unwanted uh, accountability that comes with being a role model. Which is why I feel no one should, not just no one should accept it. It's, I feel everyone should actively reject it. If someone says, oh, you're a role model, immediately stop them and say, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just a normal guy.
0: Yeah.
1: As flawed as everyone else. You know, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not anybody's role model. Don't put that on my head. You know because, how in- yeah, Yeah, sorry. Yeah, because all the accountability that uh, comes with that is it's not something really people ask for it's just thrust on them for no reason it's the only reason is because it serves as an escape mechanism for some other douche that is not taking responsibility for themselves yeah you know they just want to throw that accountability on someone else yeah so that it's easy to rebuke or it's easy to take that nice dopamine kick uh from a safe distance and that's what i see happening with this Extreme version of this role model uh, keeping, yeah, yeah, where they're very happy to use that as an escape uh, mechanism or a cushion
0: for their failures.
1: Cushion for their failures, yeah. You know, it's just uh, low and it's petty and yeah. It's it's also a risk that unwitting people, people who are not naturally to, uh, towards that inclination, they also see other people processing it that way and they fall into that trap, where they start looking at people as role models rather than their ideas or their characteristics or their traits and you know it's just
0: you know what got me thinking a slippery
1: slope
0: you know what got me thinking i i started thinking like okay where do we go wrong in understanding this concept because you remember in school like in primary school you always have to write that my hero composition or you know, I don't my actually. role model? or oh, never? No, no. I what don't. kind of dumbass school did you go? No wonder you turned up like this. No, In I, school, it was
1: when education, the quality of education was slightly better by the time you came
0: around. You know. See, obviously, when you're the classmate the of Ramanujan, <laughs> when you're the classmate of Ramanujan, uh-huh. okay, you know, you're comparing two different ages altogether. Right. You didn't have a lot of syllabus. Mm-hmm. They were trying to figure out syllabus for you. We were okay. making the syllabus. Stop. So. Putting yourself at a pedestal. We were discussing. For all I care, you are six feet under. Mm-hmm. Okay, but okay. Coming to the point that I was making, but you have heard about this, right? Where people, where in school, students, the kids are asked to write a composition about my hero or my role model. And Possibly,
1: like I don't know, but it
0: happened to you. You're saying, right? It is. It happens to every normal, average kid, because no, I mean. But anyways, yeah. Like, uh, there's no point putting this point across. You must be sleeping in the class. When they do that, right? A lot of people don't write names of individuals in their composition. A lot of kids, they write stuff like they write they write professions. You know, they write professions like my hero or my role model is uh, a fireman. My role model is like a hunter or is like a policeman, etc., etc. Because they, you know, they kind of they're tra- They kind of are told by the teachers that. You need to tell why you want, why you feel he is your hero or why you feel he is your role model. Okay. And majority of them also write, I'm not done yet. A, I doubt
1: if that's true. It is. It is how it is done. I think the most common answer is father.
0: Yeah, I was, I was coming there. Majority of them write my dad. Right. Right. Who is your hero? My dad. Who is your role model? My dad. So I'm thinking, where, where do we go wrong with the concept of role models, you know what I mean? Like, at what point does it become personal? I can tell you, uh, when uh, when you're an innocent kid,
1: right? You're a boy, you're growing up, and you come across this concept of role model. And if you think, "Oh, my dad is my role model," for example, you know, right. I'm not talking about you in particular, but just a boy, my dad is my role model, and that works well for for a while because. My dad is my hero. I see my dad doing all great things. Yeah. But then as I'm growing up, I see more of my dad now. I see there are frailties. I see there are weaknesses. I, f- I see that there are possibly defects of character as well. You know, in in a general so case. So for all... For let me finish. Uh-huh, okay. So what
0: happens there is... Don't point your finger. Stop pointing your finger at me.
1: What happens there is there is a dissonance that gets created which oh, is
0: can you break down dissonance oh, now you please. mean like disconnect okay, you know huh.
1: like uh, oh i he was my role model like he was perfect that's what i thought but now i'm seeing something which is not what i would classify as a role modely behavior hmm. you know and then like how, he beats me how can he be my role
0: model anything
1: <laughs> you know if he uh, if he if a son sees his father being corrupt you know if a son sees a lack of ethics. I,
0: I think even simpler, like if his son sees him getting angry.
1: Just an example. Yeah. Karab yeah. is too far. I no, think I'm even not, the small... Even if it is aspect. abusive to his mom, let's say, yeah. domestic abuse. Yeah. So now there is that disconnect that happens, which is, I thought he was my role model for XYZ reasons. You know, that still happened. But now I'm seeing do, him doing something else, which does not fit the... Uh, ...definition of a role model. So, was he ever my role model... ...or should he still be my role model... ...for the good things that he did... ...or is this whole role model thing itself
0: bogus? That is where I wanted to check out. If that is true, right... ...then the whole concept of role model... will ...is thrown out of the window. But what is happening here is... ...the concept of role model is becoming personal. You know? Uh, and when I say personal... Uh, you're mixing two worlds con- under the same umbrella. Like, like you mentioned, somebody, your role models' life achievements are your life achievements. Yeah. Right. How is how are we ending up there? Is my question. Yeah. Why isn't it easy to understand that? Hey, I'm a different person to him, right? Uh, I have a different background to him. There's so many things which are not the same, mm-hmm. right? At any image, in, in I mean, maybe there is an exception where it is almost the same. Right. But majority of the things are not the same. So my job, or it's obvious to pick on things which I can inculcate rather than me trying to imitate this person. And in the process of imitation, I start trying to live his life. Yes. Where I start living his birthdays. I start celebrating his anniversary even though I'm not married Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And he buys a hammer. I'm happy for some reason. Yeah. Where does, how do we, how, how do we take that wrong turn? Like how does... It go into that direction. Is when,
1: when you say personal, I take that to mean as because it is, because persons are involved in this conversation or in this uh, outlook, it is person heavy. You know, it is more about the person than about a characteristic or a trait. It is more about that person now. Right. The obsession is more there.
0: So you're saying that it's more about the source rather than the outcome? No,
1: I'm saying it is more about the channel than what is what is being channeled you know for example so you're
0: saying it's more about the tv than the show
1: no i'm saying it's about it's more about the radio than the frequency it's catching
0: okay so you're saying in another way in other words that it's more about the washing machine than the clean clothes
1: no what i'm saying is it's more about the kite rather than the wind that is blowing that causes the kite to fly
0: Got it. Got it. Right. So, <laughs> stop laughing. So you know, the moment you start saying? laughing after a good, you joke. you caused me to forget what I was, what I was even saying <laughs> like, in the first place. Like, whenever you laugh at your own joke, right? The I was not
1: laughing at my own
0: joke, by the way. I was laughing at the bit that
1: was, which was, which my involves idea. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Fair. Enough. You're laughing at me, which is also not a great thing. I mean, I laughed, but at what at were you, you trying to lot. say
1: about this? What I was trying to say was, um. When you say personal, I take it to mean that it is persons involved. And that is where I see it goes wrong, which was your question. Where does it go wrong? Or where do you see it taking that wrong turn, right? The very concept of role model, and it's very important we pay attention to the words that are being used because in some way, the words fix the meaning or the significance. In some ways, the word... The words themselves lock down on what it means. So when you say role model, the words themselves are focusing on a person. It is not a role ideal. It is a role model. But so,
0: isn't role model a synonym of ideal? I don't think so. What is the difference? Role
1: model, you know, role model is, it is a very personal thing. Like you always imagine
0: some individual
1: as a Okay, then role what model. is idol? Oh, you mean I-D-O-L.
0: Yeah. Oh. What do you think? I-D-E-A-L? Yeah, I thought you meant no, ideal. No, that's ideal. Yeah. I said idle. Your what
1: pronunciation, the- bro. The lack of spoken English classes, you know. so Bogus. I have Stop. to it for...
0: Stop blaming... Because you're also a human at the end you of the day. You need to go to an ENT specialist. Mm-hmm. Okay? Make a note of it. The next time you point a finger at me, you better make this note and then do it.
1: Right. I made a note and now I'm pointing a finger right at your face. Stupid little face. Okay, pointing down. the threat
0: in the silence. But okay, now coming back to the point which you conveniently digressed. Then what is, aren't idol and role models synonyms? What is the difference if they're not?
1: I think idol is, you're not really looking to take any examples or leaves out of their book. Idol is just who you idolize.
0: You just like admire them and they are at a a distance.
1: They're at a distance. They're not on your level. They're out of your league.
0: No, but people say that, right? He's my idol to become like a great actor. He was my they're out of idol. Your, they're
1: out of the league. They're automatically pushing this person out of the league uh, when they say idol. And what happens when you push them out of your league? Even though the reality or the truth is even that person is just a human being such as yourself. If that person applied themselves in a certain way and achieved something, that means even you can apply some apply yourself figure out who you are, find your strengths and achieve something on your own.
0: So you're saying that's a better concept?
1: Idol? Yeah. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is in idol, there is that distance caused. You're pushing them apart.
0: How is it wrong?
1: You know, if you say someone is just a great actor. Right. You know, he's a good guy. He's a great actor. Right. Then you're appreciating their craft. Fair enough. You know, but if you build a temple for that guy...
0: No, 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 no. I'm not going to extremism but of idol idols. Idol is literally what I Come that means, on, right? idol can also be. What do you think some... are there in temples? Okay. Idols. Oh, come on. See claps. I will slaps. <laughs> <laughs> it's not claps, it slaps to your face. What what I what I'm referring to here is see, there is this concept of respecting a person mm-hmm. for what he has achieved yes. in your same in what you also want to achieve. In right? your, li- walk, in of your life. walk of life. Yes. Right? So you respect them. Why? Because they have shown you a path. Yeah. Directly or indirectly. Yeah. And it's a form of gratitude or you can say it's a form of respect or whatever. Mm-hmm. So idols are, so for me, Don Rickle is my idol. Mm-hmm. Right? How is it wrong? It is, And I am putting him at a pedestal saying that nobody who I ever came across in stand-up comedy came even close to what Don Rickles did on a stage with humor. Right? It's a big statement. Can I answer that question? I I gave a statement. What question are you answering?
1: Don Rickles is my idol. Right. So how is it wrong? Right. So, the pitfall or the trap I see is where you yourself stand to lose. Because if you use the word idol and if you accept and agree to that to let it sit in your mind that this guy is your idol, tomorrow if Even though Don Rickles is not alive uh, at the moment, but let's say if it was someone who was alive, right? Let's say Don Rickles himself is still alive. Take Jim Carrey,
0: okay, just for the sake of the conversation.
1: Let's just uh, give a longer lifespan to Don Rickles. Fair enough, he deserves. Yeah, so let's say Don Rickles is alive, and tomorrow he comes Comes to my house. Yeah, he comes to your house. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, not comes to your house, but you happen to. I bump into him. You bump into Don Rickles, right? If you use the word idol to yourself, Hmm. the more you use that word to yourself, the harder it would be for you to have a normal conversation with the guy when you run into him unexpectedly.
0: Mm. Who
1: loses out of that situation?
0: I don't think so. I I think so. See, for example...
1: It's a subconscious programming. It is self-programming.
0: I'll give you an example. Um, When Chris Rock, Uh right, who idolized, idolized, you know... Eddie Murphy okay right when he bumped into Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. because he was his idol he wanted to give his best performance which actually pumped him to be better than what he normally is mm-hmm. which pushed him so I think it's a matter of perception it's it a matter of how you take the yes. whole concept of idealization right yes and this is where I have a problem and I'm going to quote a cliche which I've told it time and again in our conversations as you always do. the problem here stays in the language the concept of i mean the whole thing with these vocabulary and shit right it it gives too many meanings to the same word and it's how you use it or what meaning you choose to use for me idol is someone who i look up to and i respect it's not someone who i'm pushing away from my reality, or right. or the reality of where he his stature or stance is, so and this is my subjective take. I'm not right. saying this is a normal take. Right, right, right. Whether it is whether it is to be taken into consideration or not is purely somebody's you know prerogative. So
1: that's what I'm saying. I was talking in the more conventional sense.
0: Yes. So, uh, but I don't think um, idols generally see good guys, smart guys, right, are always looking at for these opportunities of meeting their idols. So that they go a step further.
1: So if there are a bunch of smart people who process and interpret the concept uh, in the right way, then yes, there's nothing. I'm not saying anything against that. But when you see that a vast majority of people are absolutely processing it in the wrong way, and you see it every day, then you can definitely say that there is something wrong going on with this concept. And like you said, it is the problem with the language itself. Yeah, And that's what I was trying to get at. The very word role model in itself is flawed i feel because the word focuses on the individual rather than what they did or why they are well known
0: which is which i agree to and that 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 is a different problem altogether which yeah. we might cover some other day as to how do you actually make the best use of language you know yeah. <laughs> like how do you understand how do you how do you inject intent or how do you extract intent out of a very linguistic sentence or a literature, you know, also which the, is a huge art. Like
1: yeah, also the slippery slope of definitions because definitions tend to keep change, or keep changing over time
0: and o- over circumstances. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, what might be a glass half full today mm-hmm. is not the same for you tomorrow. You Absolutely, know? like the same thing, like like how you're saying when you become the best in what you are. Mm-hmm. The next day, the trouble starts coming in. Yeah, right. Trouble start knocking your door. Is in a more practical way of putting it across. All your life, you fight for a lot of money. Right. Then there comes a day where you earn a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you start seeing the problem of having a lot of money. Yeah. Right. So there is definitions. You need to be. I think we are digressing. I mean, I'll put an abrupt end to that.
1: No, but basically, it's the same point, which is once you get there, was, you realize, I still have to wake up tomorrow. I still have to attend to the same chores. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what level I got to in some imaginary uh, virtual kind of uh, platform, but life still mo-
0: rolls on. And and I'll give my final thoughts about putting this whole role model thing to place, perspective. mm mm-hmm. uh, It is always best to look at your idols or role models as a point of reference with respect to what you want to extract out of their actions right? than like separate, you know, art from the artist, you know, uh, that is my take. What happens behind the stage is not your prerogative, you know, it's best to learn from, it does put you in another gray area. Right? As to do you want to encourage a bad guy or et cetera, et cetera.
1: It's but a it's a it becomes a tougher pill to swallow. And that's the reason why I feel not many people look at it that way. Because it becomes a much tougher pill to swallow when you are acknowledging that this person who achieved so much in their life, yeah, at the end of the day, is just like me. Yeah. So that puts a lot of pressure on he's you. He's the
0: same perverted guy who goes behind girls, <laughs> like yeah. all kinds of nonsense.
1: Like he may have a lot of flaws just like me, yeah. but despite all of that, he's still achieving so much. Right. So now if I admit to that, then it's putting a lot of pressure on me now. Ki, What the hell am I doing with my own life? Right. Right. You know, when I look at someone like that. Correct. So that is an uncomfortable and inconvenient place to be. And so I'm not going to focus on that too much. Yeah. I'm just going to build, put a pedestal, yeah, nice and high, and make him separate. Call him an alien. Call
0: him god. Yeah, and I'm done. Yeah, make him like the toy in the showcase. Yeah,
1: and so whenever anyone asks, uh, whenever anyone compares to you with that guy, yeah, and says how come you're not like that, and you just say, oh, I'm just a lowly guy. Yeah, you know, he's a god. Yeah, he, he's alien, bro. The easiest like superpowers, bro.
0: The easiest thing to do to escape performance, yeah, is to accept that you're not talented. <laughs> like like to portray that you're not talented because the moment you say, hey, yeah, I'm decently skilled mm-hmm. and, you know, the conversation goes to like, now that you're skilled, right? do something about it, right? Yeah. But yeah, that's, I don't know what was my final sentence, but yeah, uh, another thing that I also want to say, which was, which m- gave me a whole different perspective to go to the top. Mm-hmm. When Federer said, the tough part is not to become number one. The tough part is what follows after you become one, number one. Yeah. Because now you are no more the guy who's fight, you know, who's no more challenging someone, which is the easier thing. Not the underdog anymore. You're not the underdog anymore. The expectations are set. Uh, you are you are almost demanded to like perform and win every match, every yeah. game that you, every serve you do, you are expected to win a point right it goes to that granular level right yeah. you can't make a flaw in one shot you can't do an unforced error blah 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 bottom line is he said the easier part of life is to become number one right but the tougher part of life is to stay the number one yeah which which i felt like oh shit this just made things suddenly i don't want to be number one because there's too much pressure there yeah it almost became like repulsive for me
1: it it's a very important question i feel that we all have to ask ourselves is do we really want to get there even yeah with all that comes with it yeah is it worth it yeah. or is there a better bargain that maybe we should uh think about right you know right so i guess that's that about concludes our episode on role models. Yeah, uh, I find it a very fascinating uh, topic, brute, and uh, and I thought you know I'll pick your mind about is it all a rosy picture? Is it all innocent as it seems on the foreground, or is there something ugly and unseeming you know underneath the surface? And I feel that there are a lot of traps as we called out a few of them in this yeah. episode, yeah, and a lot of pitfalls that. It would be good for uh, anyone in general to be aware of, or bear in mind.
0: Yeah, it's a whole concept of holes. That's yeah. what this is. And interesting topic. I would not deny that. Again, something I feel that in general we don't dig deep into to understand. In general, no. We how do we go about idolizing someone? The entirety, we kind I mean, of.
1: Yeah, the entirety of Tiger Podcast has yeah. been to talk about things that we don't generally talk about
0: yeah yeah like you know? in the in the length in which it is supposed to right rather right so that's that's a service you know
1: yeah and guys if you really appreciate what brood and i have done in this episode focus on the podcast you know not on us
0: yeah just follow and exactly
1: subscribe
0: and i mean i'll go even further in saying that focus on the podcast where i talk the parts of the podcast where brute talks mm-hmm. and not on what bogus talks.
1: Yeah, I would say exactly the opposite of that.
0: Yeah. As well.
1: Touche. You decide. You're the audience. Yes. You have the power. But all you have to remember
0: at the end of the day is Thigh Gap Podcast. Subscribe and share. And share.
1: And so, like every other time, the culmination of the main topic in our episode leads us to the next segment, Brute, which is... The parcel
0: section. The parcel
1: section. Of course, Brute, The fan favorite. What do you have for us today?
0: Oh, I have a very interesting movie, which uh, I again go back to the old age of the good old Western movies.
1: Old is gold.
0: Oldest is gold. And it is kind of you know rhetorical to what we just discussed ironically right the name of the movie is my name is nobody oh it's a brilliant cast uh, which is the two main people of the movie are henry fonda mm-hmm. you know of him of course and terence hill do you know of him of course so these two guys brilliant movie i'll get into the story real quick Henry Fonda is this about-to-retire gunslinger in the West who starts off, he's on the verge of going to New Orleans, get on a ship, and retire. That's his story, right? Mm-hmm. What happens is he encounters with this guy who keeps claiming that he's nobody, right? Okay, which is played by Terrence Hill, mm-hmm. who was actually sent to kill the Henry Fonda's character whose name is Jack uh, Borlaque, Jack okay. Bulbac, yes. Yeah, so, but what happens is in the course of their conversation or the time they spend together, mm-hmm. uh, this person who's playing Henry, by who's played by Terence Hill right. kind of, you know, gets fond of Henry Fonda. Right. Right, and he starts liking him so much to a point where his admiration kind of goes off the charts and he keeps telling, pushing this character Jack to go out in a bang, to retire with a bang.
1: So nobody is looking up to the Henry Fonda's Jack because Jack is a famous gunslinger?
0: He's a very famous gunslinger, right? Right. So he is looking up to him and he is not satisfied with how he's ending his career. Mm -hmm. So he keeps pushing this idea of, hey, you you have to go out in a bang. You can't just go out. You're one of the greatest heroes ever that the West has seen. So you need like a big bang ending. Uh, to a point where he convinces uh, the character of uh, Henry Fonda mm-hmm. to fight like 150 rogue uh, or what you can say is uh, it's a gang known as the Wild Bunch. Okay. Who are like 150 gunslingers again. Mm-hmm. And he somehow convinces him to like take them okay. head on, like right. single-handedly. Uh-huh. And uh, he falls for that. And Henry Fonda says, like, yeah, let, let me do it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I am a man who's retiring as good as dying or whatever. Right. So, so he actually takes them and he wins that battle. Mm-hmm. Right. But the movie doesn't end there. I don't know if I can reveal the climax.
1: Would it spoil the movie for someone?
0: Yeah, obviously, because it's the climax. Don't reveal it, bro. Right. So you, Damn. you, dude, guys, check it out. Because Terence Hill is known for his goofy acting in the West. Like he brought the comic element into the Western movies, right? Mm -hmm. And he's a great artist. Very, uh, I mean, a lot of people don't know him. Mm -hmm. But I find him to be a great actor. Uh, Henry Fonda obviously is one of the greatest actors from back in the day, Mm -hmm. right? So it's it's a good equation to see the chemistry between a guy who doesn't like someone always at his tail. Right. right and at the same time this guy is not leaving him mm-hmm. and he's kind of basically pushing him for a bigger cause right he's kind of pushing him to deliver something that henry fonda never thought of delivering right right so how that uh, chemistry works and how it actually ends mm-hmm. which reveals why this guy was actually pushing or going behind uh, the character of jack the best gunslinger the west has ever seen right is a beautiful beautiful ending so that's my recommendation. My name is Nobody. It was made in 1973 or something like that. Uh, it's a color movie and mm-hmm. you can find it on YouTube so it's easy to watch. Awesome. Awesome.
1: Um for my parcel this week I also have a western movie. What? And something else is similar. Henry Fonda was also involved in this what? one. What? Well. I know, right? Yeah. Um so this is a movie called Once Upon a Time in the West. And it came out in 1968. It is a spaghetti western
0: movie. What is a spaghetti western movie?
1: I'm glad you asked, bro. Uh, oh so shit! Spaghetti westerns were a genre of movies where the western cowboy movies were being made in Italy because the topography and the houses, etc., suited suited um, the old West, which they could they found it hard to replicate in America. Uh-huh. So, but they found it a lot easier and cheaper. To shoot, it in shoot that in Italy. Okay. So... Interesting. These movies were called Spaghetti Westerns. And they were directed also famously by an Italian director called Sergio Leone. And if you mm-hmm. if that name rings a bell, that's because Sergio Leone directed The Good, The Bad, The Ugly.
0: Oh! Yeah.
1: I knew that. And also the Dollars series of movies with the Clint Eastwood. A Few his Dollars sword.
0: More of his full of Dollars. Exactly. Intense. Exactly.
1: So... Sergio Leone made this movie as a contrast to his earlier Spaghetti Westerns, which were more fast paced and more action oriented. This one, though, is more slow and it's more meditative in its pacing. Mm-hmm. So it starts off this. barely
0: Wait, Sergio Leone is the director of this movie? Yeah, he's the director. Do you know who's the writer of My Name is Nobody? Who? Sergio Leone? Yeah. Wow. What? A coincidence exactly what a quinky dink. yeah. But it was directed by somebody else, it's Tonino Valeri. Valeri, right? Right, I don't know if it's a famous director, but again,
1: an Italian guy. So, Italian that, guy, that was yeah. what was going on, yeah, with the spaghetti westerns. It cost Hollywood a lot less, the Hollywood
0: studio system, yeah, to shoot these movies, but it did give a lot of employment for Italian guys,
1: a lot of uh, employment in Italy. What you see happening in Vancouver these yeah. days, uh, in Canada, but you know it's uh it was a huge boost to their film uh, fraternity right and uh, hollywood also stood to gain a lot from the cheap production because the returns were huge and so in this movie um like i mentioned right there've barely any dialogues is very few words spoken but and also you don't see the action coming all of a sudden it erupts into violence yeah and then it calms down again
0: yeah that seems to be the theme of most of those western movies although
1: yeah although the other spaghetti westerns were a bit faster paced, this one is a little bit slower yeah and it starts off with the main character charles Bronson's reveal right um and if you know bronson you know he's that stoic stone-faced protagonist not too much said not too many expressions given you basically are wondering what is going on in this guy's head
0: also just to give an insight i'm sorry mm -hmm. i'm butting in But this deserves to be told out. Mm -hmm. Charles Bronson was apparently the most macho guy, even off screen. He was known to be a macho guy. He was not just plain macho. Right. But he actually, you know, volunteered in fire accidents. He he went about helping people, not very big about money and all. And he did all his stunts back in the day. Uh, which I think a lot of people did, but he did some dangerous stunts. Right. And he was actually really, really strong, apparently.
1: Right. And in this movie, Charles Bronson's character is called, it. he doesn't really have a name, but the other people in the town, they call him Harmonica. Because every time he is on screen, there is this Harmonica tune playing in the background. Right. And it's become so famous with the movie, of course, because the music of the movie was composed by None other than Ennio Morricone.
0: Same, same. With my name is nobody.
1: Right, because he was composing the music for all of these spaghetti western music. Yeah. So for movies. all of you
0: guys uh, who don't know this particular music director, a little more trivia, a little you know, drawing a parallel to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Hans, Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. So guys, uh, for you, for all you guys who don't know Ennio Morricone. Morricone, right? He is. Hands Zimmer to the power of at least hundred. Oh, yeah, back in the day. Oh yeah, anything he touched was gold.
1: So he was called a harmonica because no one knew what else to call him. Yeah, and there's a lot. There's a lot behind this character. He comes with a deep flashback, and he's basically out for revenge. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, he's out for revenge against something that happened uh, in his childhood, and there's also. The main plot of the story revolves around this town that is being built out yeah. in the Wild west and a railroad is being built for that town uh-huh. Now a little bit away from this town called Flagstone, there's a piece of land called Sweetwater where it's a natural source of water yeah so someone anticipated ahead in of time that the trains might need the water to clean and you know the maintenance right, so right. they start they invested in that land. And they also anticipated that the railroad would go through this piece of land. Right. So they invested ahead of time and they were going to reap a huge benefit because of that. Right. But the railroad tycoon who got notice of this. Right. Sent his goons to intimidate.
0: And procure the the land, encroach the land. Yeah,
1: the person who owns the land. So he sends his goon. His goon is Henry Fonda. This movie made a lot of waves because until this movie came out, Henry Fonda was known as the blue-eyed superstar who could do no wrong. Right. And he rejected the movie, actually. Huh. And uh, so Sergio Leone tried to convince him to accept the movie, but he didn't. So then Henry Fonda went and spoke to Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach is the guy who plays ugly in Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Uh Uh-huh. So he told Henry Fonda that this will be the best time of your life. Go ahead and do it. Uh-huh. So, that's when Henry Fonda accepted and he came dressed to the set, full dark features, dark yeah. eyes. And immediately, Sergio Leone, said, Sergio Leone said, no, no, I want the blue-eyed guy. Right. Remove the contacts. Right. I want you to be the blue-eyed guy. Right. And then I want to show you doing some horrific stuff. Right. And it was a huge thing when it came out because nobody looked at Henry Fonda in that angle. and As the, a villain. Basically. As a villain. Yeah. And the kinds of things he does in this movie. Hmm it came as a huge shock to people and that became a talking point as well for the movie. So Henry Fonda is a goon. He becomes an antagonistic force for Charles Bronson's harmonica and it turns out the politics around the railroad and getting that whole Sweetwater land in control was not the only driving force for harmonica. There's also a woman played by Claudia Cardinale, Uh Italian actress. She comes to the town claiming to be the guy's wife, the guy who actually owned Sweetwater Land, right. Henry Fonda would go and kill him actually. Uh-huh. So she comes saying he's his wife and so she is the rightful heir. Right? Whether she is the rightful heir or not is a little up in, up in the air. It is doubtful, uh-huh. not confirmed. But right. she's also another angle into the story and she is beautiful beyond words. Takes your breath away Okay. in the movie. But all of these things come together and the true motivational force behind Charles Bronson's harmonica is is revealed later in the movie. Mm-hmm. But the whole meditative pacing and the music and the atmosphere is basically why you should watch Once Upon a Time in the West by Sergio Leone.
0: Yeah, guys. Uh, the movie is almost as long as Bogus's description of the movie. So, you know what? You're already ready for sitting for so long as we'll watch the movie. Yeah, that's about it. And, wow. Brings us to the end of the episode, bro. Yep. Episode number 15. Thigh Gap Podcast. Subscribe. And share. And share. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, thanks for listening. You can follow this podcast on Spotify to get notified of new episodes every Thursday. We're also on Apple Podcasts for those of you who have partaken in the Forbidden Fruit. If you liked what you heard, leave us a 5-star rating and a comment. Say anything like, the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. A rating and a comment really helps us out. It's free, and I'm told, that's a great price. But enough about us, huh? Tell us about yourself. Leave us a comment. Our Twitter is at ThighGap, and we are underscore ThighGap on Instagram.